Hello, fantasy football fans, and welcome to the Long Shot Podcast. I'm your very attractive host, Nick, along with my very mediocre attractive host, David. I got the facial hair that outdoes you every single week, Nick, so I don't want to hear about it. Glad to be here this week. Okay, and Paul. Yep, I'm still here. <laughs> I'm happy you're cracking a beer. Good. That sounded like a bush light. That's got to be for the fan Chris out there, huh? Yeah, absolutely. You know what they say about bush light? It's God's water in Iowa. So, all right. Episode three of the podcast. We are going to be talking about the division. Um, I don't even know what division this is. What, what, what division are we talking about? The NFC? NFC uh, South. Come on. You can NFC South. Divisions. Top of your head. Let's go. Okay, geez, oh. All right, so let's get into news and notes around the league right now. I want to talk about uh, Chris Carson first. So the Seahawks came out and said that they want to have him have 50, reception this year, 50 receptions this year. He had 20 receptions last year on 26 targets. Does this – is this just hype, or is are, are you going after him now? Does this change your opinion? Does it move it up? We'll start with you, David. What do you think about this? Here's the deal. It's preseason talk. Um I'm a big fan of Chris Carson either way, and this just adds value to his stock, but I'm not buying into it. I don't like anything Seattle ever, ever says, but I'm still going to stick with Chris Carson's the guy, so hopefully this is a step in the right direction. Paul? Yeah, preseason means nothing. I can't buy anything preseason talk, especially from the Seattle Seahawks. They haven't had a receiver over 35 receptions in who knows how long, over five-plus years, so I don't see it happening. It's just a psychological game. There are a lot of tar- targets available now that Mike Davis is a Chicago Bears. So I guess we'll see how that plays out. Um, I'll kind of just whip through these next things. Uh, so we talked about Andrew Luck last episode, and we said it was a calf strain. Now they are saying it's an ankle injury, a bone issue. So experts have said that he will most likely not be 100% by season. And like we talked about last time, it makes us nervous to draft him where his ADP is going. He, his ADP dropped from the fourth round to the fifth round. So we're still not buying in him that early, but that's just our opinion. Yeah, it's, uh, going, it's giving me flashbacks right now to a couple seasons ago. I'm really nervous for him. They, they got to come out and just tell us what's going on. Yeah, well, the owner slipped up and let this news out. Okay, moving on. Darius Geis, the stud coming out of college, had high hopes for him last year, tore his ACL, had some infections, had some setbacks on his surgery. Uh, and he's still not fully cleared to practice. Um, so I worry about him. There's a, that's a very crowded backfield with Adrian Peterson, Chris Tom Thompson, and then even Bryce Love this year. A lot of, a lot of issues in the backfield. Uh, more news and notes. We got Antonio came back today. Antonio Brown. Yes, he is back in Oakland training camp, but he did bring his agent. So we'll see how that pans out. Uh, Golden Tate's four-game suspension um, held up. And then our last thing we want to mention, oh, two more things, my bad. We Kenyon Drake was spotted in a walking boot today, and an OBJ has some hip issues. Uh, any Anything you guys want to talk about between those news and notes that worry you or it's just kind of just preseason injury? Anything? Yeah, the, Was- the Washington backfield is a mess right now. Um, now, I, I love that mess because I'm sitting on Geisen adrian peterson right now i think i'm going to be okay because i'm going to weather that storm but you got to avoid that at this point they they want geis to be their main guy but if he can't be healthy he obviously can't do that so stay away all right so let's uh go ahead and move on to the panthers all right so let's talk about cam newton and the carolina panthers 2018 cam newton had 3,400 yards passing with 24, inter- 24 touchdowns and 13 interceptions, 488 rushing yards, and four touchdowns. He, uh, his fantasy finish was 12 in 14 games. Uh, in 2017, he had similar stats, 22 touchdowns, 16 interceptions, 3,300 yards, but had 300 more rushing yards, and he finished second in fantasy. Uh, in 2017 and 2019, he had shoulder surgery. He can be a top-end quarterback, but he also may not be. So I'm going to ask you guys this. David, I'll have you first. Do you think he will be the Panthers quarterback until he retires, or do you think they're ready to move on from him? I think he needs to come out firing this year. Here's the deal, though. He's not a thrower. 
there is no way you're buying Cam Newton to throw the football. He's throwing, what, about 60% each year. The Panthers love him because of his rushing ability. I mean, he ranks fifth among quarterbacks in uh, red zone carries. I love that as a fantasy owner. I think Carolina is going to stick with him. Um, they got Will Greer as the backup. I don't think that's exciting anybody. Cam Newton. West Virginia, Mountain Mama. Sorry. No, 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 that's exactly right. West Virginia. I mean, the Big 12. Cam Newton is going to put fans in the seat. He makes football exciting to watch. He is going to be the Panthers quarterback, and I expect him to have another great year. But once again, not throwing the ball. He's going to make everything up by running the ball. Paul? Yeah, so Cam is the franchise quarterback there. They have no succession plan there. They've got no one in the waitings. I do see how maybe in a year or two, if he doesn't perform like he did in 2015, they could be ready to move on. His running ability really makes him a viable fantasy option, but he's really become more of a pocket passer. Last year, rushing decreased a little bit. He was still efficient in the red zone, but if he's going to be a pocket passer, I worry. His accuracy is awful. I mean, last year, he had on the year, he had seven money throws. That ranked him number 33 in the league. Josh Rosen had double that. Josh Rosen had double the amount of money throws. Cam Newton can't put the ball in the right area. So if he's going to be a pocket passer, I don't want him. If he's going to be a running running guy like he was in the past, I'll take him on my team. Well, So, so there's the difference, Paul. He, he's going to be a pocket passer until he's in the red zone. Then he opens up the field. That's why I like him. They got to get to the red zone first. I don't see them getting to the red zone because he leans back and overthrows everyone. He doesn't throw it short. He overthrows it, which is prime position for a safety to come and and pick off the ball. You know, but then he gets that tackle. Think about that. That tackle is big. I do have another interesting Cam Newton stat. He has not stolen a computer since 2008, so he's wow. in the right direction. Nice dude. Very nice dude. All right, let's move on to a consensus top four fantasy pick in Christian McCaffrey. We really don't need to spend much time on this guy because he is just a beast. Last year, he had 1,100 yards on the ground, and then he had 107 receptions for 867 yards for a total of 13 touchdowns. The dude is a workhorse. He's got no drama off the field. He's an easy top five running back when healthy. I mean, is there anything wrong or anything Christian McCaffrey can't do? David? Christian McCaffrey is also ranks the number one in bench press among running backs in the league. Christian McCaffrey is incredible. He he is a top pick. I absolutely love everything about him. He can catch the ball, and he's going to make everything happen. Yeah, my, I've got him at number four. My only concern for him is last year he led the league by far in snap share at 94.5%. They can't run him as hard every single year that's an issue but on the other side he gets a ton of red zone touches um the other thing i see is the running game his obviously his receptions are a big part of his game but last year the average defenders in the box was 6.9 which ranked him 26 in the league if they start to stack the box you could see it really impact the run game but we all know his fantasy value is in a ppr league catching the balls and getting the red zone targets yeah, I will say reports have come out of camp how uh, Ron Rivera and coaching staff do want to limit Christian McCaffrey's uh, snap total this year uh, from compared to last year. I don't. Once again, we don't know if that's hype. We don't know if that's actually going to be true. We'll see how they use it preseason. Uh, no backup running back that we're even concerned about. Don't even mention anybody. So let's move on to their young wide receiver core, and let's talk about DJ Moore. The, the second-year player out of Maryland. Last year, he had 55 receptions for 788 yards and two touchdowns. He ran the ball for 172 yards on 13 attempts. This year, he's the number one target. He, this is going to be his breakout year. His yards after catch is huge. He was ranked number 13 last year on yards after catch. He only got better as the year went on. He started off slow, but he came on towards the end of the year. DJ Moore... He's going to be really good for the Panthers' offense. He's going to be a nice five-yard thrower and breaking tackles, breaking yards for big games. Cam Newton doesn't need to worry about throwing deep to him. You know he can go deep. David, can you talk about DJ Moore a little bit and 
What's his outcome this year? No, so so here's the deal. I'm not a huge fan of any of these receivers, and it's because of Cam Newton's pocket ability. He DJ Moore is going to catch the ball five yards out. It's a matter of if he can break those tackles, which he did do last year. I don't think he can keep that up. I'm not excited about any of these guys because they can't go more than 12 yards down the field without Cam overthrowing them. Uh, the good news with DJ Moore is I believe he had two dropped balls last year, which is absolutely incredible. He does a great job when the ball is near him, but Cam's got to get it there, and we're not going to know until we see what this shoulder surgery did. I'm not buying in on any of these receivers right now. Paul, What I mean, what, what do you got? I know you're not a big believer in Cam, but what's your thoughts on DJ? Yeah, not a big believer in Cam, and I know we talk about two drops, which seems pretty amazing, but two drops actually ranked him 81st in the league. The issue is not that he's dropping the ball. It's that Cam's not even come close on a lot of these throws. I don't love any of the Panthers receivers. I do believe DJ Moore is going to have a better year than last year. But looking at the stats over the last four years, the leading receiver, they haven't had a thousand plus yard receiver in the last five years. They haven't had someone in the wide receiver position catch over 70 balls. I mean, how could you, and that's all with Cam Newton in the quarterback position. So how can you trust anyone on this team? No, I, I absolutely agree. I think the last time they had a receiver over 1,000 yards, it had to be right before uh, the Vietnam War. I mean, I don't – these guys aren't going to catch anything. They are so touchdown dependent. But what we already know is once they get in the red zone – That's it, touchdown dependent. I, I mean, if you look at the stats, that, these receivers, they, they, they don't catch a bunch of balls, these receivers, but they are definitely touchdown dependent leading eight, nine, ten touchdowns their leading receiver gets. So expect DJ Moore to have those numbers, eight, nine, ten touchdowns, but I don't see him over a thousand yards or over seventy receptions. I disagree with both of you. I think DJ Moore will have over seventy and a thousand yards this year. But I want to talk about wide receiver number two real quick, Curtis Samuel. This guy has a lot of hype around his name. He's going to his third year. You can get this guy late in your draft. Last year, he had 39 receptions for 500 yards and five touchdowns with two rushing touchdowns. I mean, reports from camp said this guy's looking really good. Um, but, I mean, with only 39 receptions in his second year, and he worries me, but he's definitely a guy people want. I mean, I would want on my team because I think he can have a huge year as far as receptions. But, like I said, we'll see. David or Paul, anything to add about Curtis Samuel? I have nothing to add. I've got two words. That makes it smelly from there. Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Okay. So let's move on to the tight end, Greg Olson, real fast. Greg Olson has been in the year a long I mean in the league a long time. In his last two years, he has played seven and nine games. He's been hurt a lot, and he's not had anywhere close to the seasons he's had in the past four or five years. In twenty fourteen and twenty sixteen, he had three straight seasons over a thousand yards. And that's when, and that's where Cam's targets went to. Cam, Greg Olson was so reliable and just a tight end one on your team, but he's 34, and I'm not drafting him. I'm not drafting him. He could be a week week by week pick, but I don't want any shares of Greg Olson. Paul? Yeah, Greg Olson's really past his prime. Um, it's a shame. I want him to end on a good note. In his prime, he was on the field every single snap, making plays, making the blocks. He was the ideal tight end that guys wanted to be, but he's just past his prime, and I want him to end on a good year, but we'll see how it goes. It's not someone that I really want to own. Okay, so let's move on to the win total. All right, so right now the Panthers have a projected win total of eight games, and last year they had seven games. Uh, so, Paul, I'll start with you. Over or under eight games for the Panthers this year? I'm going to go under. Um, I don't trust Cam Newton. They've actually got a relatively easy schedule with Jacksonville, Arizona, Washington, Seattle, Tennessee for their non-conference games. But I think they're really going to struggle in conference and they're going to struggle to win. I think they're going to be right at seven games again. Can't trust Cam Newton. Lots of interceptions that lead to touchdowns on the other end. All right, David. Uh, I'm going to echo Paul. I'm going the under with Carolina. I really like Christian McCaffrey and I do like Cam as a fantasy option, but I don't think as a team they can hold it together. 
I will echo both of you, and I will also go on there, and you guys explain it perfectly. All right, so let's transition into the Atlanta Falcons. So let's talk. So we talked about Matty Ice in our very first episode, and we know what he's going to give you. He's a, he was a second-ranked quarterback here last year, throws the ball a lot, throws touchdowns, throws interceptions. He's been, over the past four or five seasons, he's been the second, the 15th, the fifth, the 16th, the third. He's been the every other year story, and he has all the weapons around him to be successful, but we will see what he does. David, you want to like to add anything about Matty Ice? Uh, Matty Ice draws the comparison to uh, Iowa State quarterback Steel Jance. Um, Steel Jance. No, you know what? Um, I, I like Matty Ice. I think the weapons around him are great, and I think that now it's just Devontae Freeman in the backfield. I think that's really going to help out um, Matty Ice because that's going to open up the run game, which is going to lead to those passing plays. Paul, what do you got? Yeah, Matty Ice, big fan. Um, he's got more weapons around him this year. If Devontae Freeman can stay healthy, look for a big year out of Matty Ice. See, Paul, I'm pretty sure that you had Matty Ice at QB 14 earlier. Are you still with him there on the, every other season? Uh, yeah. I am. I do think they've got a tough division, some good defenses that come at him, but it, he makes a lot of good decisions on the field, and these weapons on the outside will help him. And yeah, and, and I question, I can't imagine Devontae Freeman stays healthy. You're right. I mean, it really, I mean, with Matt Ryan, it just depends. Is Are his deep throws going to be completed or incomplete? Interceptions or touchdowns? It, you know, just depends where the ball uh, falls this year. All right, so you mentioned Devontae Freeman. Uh, I want to talk to him. Talk about him. Last year he was hurt, 2018, but 2017 he had 865 yards for seven touchdowns, 36 reception for 317 in touchdown. Now going back to 2016, a thousand yards rushing for 11 touchdowns, 54 reception for 462 yards and two touchdowns. 2015, 1100 yards rushing for 11 touchdowns, and 73 receptions for 600 yards receiving and three touchdowns. I mean, this guy has proven he can do it when he's healthy. And now all of a sudden, one year, and we're like, nah, he can't stay healthy anymore. I mean, yes, 2017, he did miss games. But history shows he can do it. And he's going to be the every down back. Ito Smith is garbage in my mind. Garbage. I want to hear what you have to say about Devontae Freeman. We'll start with you again, David. You know what? I, everything you said, I love the guy. Um, they got rid of Coleman, so I believe that they think he's going to be healthy. I got him in the top ten for evaded tackles. He makes guys miss. He 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 gets the job done. And I also like um, I also like that he can catch the ball. Ito Smith is going to be just a breather for Devontae Freeman. That's all he's going to be. Devontae Freeman should be on your radars, and I do think you can get him relatively cheap in these leagues. He's not going in those top five, top 10. He could be one that slides down on your radar. Yeah. I, I think he's definitely going to slide down on the radar, but I think you guys are both wrong. I think they believe in Edo Smith as a younger guy and look for him to eventually take over. I mean, although Freeman had 14 touchdowns and 15 and 13 touchdowns in 2016, when he played most of the season, in 2017, eight total touchdowns, four fumbles, couldn't hang on to the ball. He has the ability to do it, but he's aging, coming off a serious injury. I look for Ito Smith to eat into his carries and take more share towards the end of the year. I just think Ito Smith is garbage. He does not pass the eye test for me, and I am just not a fan. I think Devontae Freeman is the man. So You watched game film on Ito? I watched some last year. Um, so, all right. Um, hmm. so let's talk about the receivers now. Uh, there's not much to say about Julio Jones. We know what he is. He's been a top five finishing wide receiver almost every single year he's played. He averages, he averages over his career, 87 receptions for 1,350 yards receiving. And this, this even includes his one five game season where he got hurt. He's an animal in yardage. But the only downfall for him is the touchdowns. This guy is so freaking good. But how are you supposed to tell me that 
he could only get six touchdowns a year. He had three in 2017 and six last year. He should be getting easy double-digit touchdowns. I, what does the man have to do to get a touchdown, huh? David, tell me. He, what does he have to do? He needs some support around him because he's getting all that double team. But now, now that Calvin Ridley has proven himself as a dynamic threat, and then I'll throw out Mohamed Sanu. He's a very reliable guy. I think Julio Jones will have the opportunities this year because teams cannot leave Ridley open. Now, I think it's definitely going to help him out. And Matt Ryan's just got to put the ball where Julio can catch it because we know he's going to catch the ball. Yeah, Julio's finally going to get his fair share of red zone targets. I mean, last year, it's embarrassing that his end zone target share was 32% of their team, ranking him 21st. He had 10 targets on the year in the end zone. That's embarrassing for how much they score. Julio Jones is, is a dynamic player who needs to get the ball, and having these other guys available is really going to increase his stock. I couldn't agree more. This guy, can you imagine 1,500 yard rece receiving yards, 100 receptions, and 13 touchdowns? <laughs> this guy deserves it. He deserves it, man. I want it for him so bad. I, you mentioned I cannot imagine it. I don't even have one reception in the NFL. Oh, fair. That's, that's very fair. So let's talk about Calvin Ridley just briefly. David, you mentioned him a little bit. Do you want to talk about him for a little bit? Oh, last year, 64 receptions for 821 yards and 10 touchdowns. Go ahead, David. Yeah, he opened the season as someone the fans were excited about, and then he he definitely proved everybody why he was drafted by the Falcons that he can and he can be the number two guy. I mean, 10 touchdowns last season, that's ridiculous for a rookie. He was open, and Matty Ice found him. But now he's got a bigger target on his back, and we're going to see if he can elude some of these um, better defensive backs. He's not drawing the secondary backs anymore. He's going to be drawing, well, at least their number two back because the primary is going to be on Julio Jones. Um, I'm telling you right now, Calvin Ridley's going to have over a over 100 targets this year. Um, I don't know how many – I don't know if he's going to break 100 receptions. That seems like a – stretch because Julio's going to get because Julio's got to get his targets too. I like Calvin Ridley. I think we're going to see him in the end zone a ton this year. Paul, wrong. wrong. You're wrong. Calvin Ridley is going to have a sophomore slump. Absolutely, Paul. Couldn't agree more. There is so much hype around Calvin Ridley when the fact of the matter is Julio Jones is the guy there. Last year, they gave him an average cushion of 4.84 yards on the snap, that was sixth in the NFL for the cushion. And his target separation he needed to catch the ball was 1.84 yards. That's embarrassing for an NFL wide receiver. Seven drops on the year? I, he may have caught 10 touchdowns, but it's because he was wide open. I expect him to get more coverage this year, which is really going to open up for Julio. You know, I, you know, Paul, I agree with you. I, you know, I could see him getting the 800 yards again, the 60 receptions. But there's no way in hell that this guy is getting 10 touchdowns. Give me half that. Five touchdowns. He's a great, great player for the Falcons. Really is. But as far as fantasy, I'm not buying him unless it's a late-round pick. So, David, any rebuttal there or anything you want to say? Well, here's the deal. He is gonna, he's going to draw that attention on him earlier, earlier in the year. And... I, I, I don't know. I don't know who you cover besides Julio Jones on this team. I mean, are you guys buying Mohamed Sanu? Or, or so, Paul, do you think Sanu's going to have a better year than Calvin Ridley this year? No, they'll be similar. I, I don't expect either of them to have monster years. I think they'll both be very above average players on the Falcons and from a fantasy perspective. But my issue with Calvin Ridley is there's so much hype around him. He's moving up the draft boards, and I don't agree with that. I would rather take Muhammad Sanu from a fantasy perspective where he falls in the draft. Absolutely, I agree. So let's move on. Just quickly talk about tight end Austin Hooper. Last year. Okay. Um, it sounds like you like him. Yeah, Hooper. I like Austin Hooper a lot. I mean, he had 18% of the red zone targets last year. Um, he's easily going to have 
50 receptions. He's going to be a high middle tier tight end. And the reason I like Cooper is because the Falcons score the football. Um, Julio Jones hasn't caught the touchdowns. Like I said, I expect that to go up this year. But Hooper at least gets the targets and Matty Ice likes him. He's not going to be your top five tight end, but he's one that's going to fall in the draft and he's going to be around late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's definitely going to be around late, and he's one. If you don't have another tight end, if you don't lock one, he's a good play week to week. He's never going to be a top five tight end, like David said. He didn't have any games over a hundred yards last year. He had one game with ten receptions and a few with nine, but it's really about the red zone targets and if he's going to catch the ball in the end zone. With the Falcons moving the ball as much as they do, I expect to see the same amount of targets this year. Yeah, look, he, he's going to have four catches for 40 yards a game, and it's a matter of if you're playing him on one of his touchdown days. That That's what it comes down to. And that's what a lot of tight, tight ends are these days. But Okay, so let's go into the over-under. So last year, let's see, let me pull my notes real fast. Got them right here. Uh, oh, wrong sheet of paper, guys. Oh, here it is. Eight and a half wins for the Falcons this year. Last year they had seven wins. And I want to start it off. I think that the offense is going to be great. I think Devontae Freeman is going to have a great year. And he's going to stay. As long as Devontae Freeman's healthy, they're going over eight wins and we'll have 10 wins this year, get to the playoffs and make some noise in the playoffs. Whoever wants to go next. Yeah, Paul, Paul, I want to hear from you. I got to do some number crunching over here real quick. So let's hear from you. Yeah, I'm going to stick with the over. Um, I worry about the beginning of their season getting off to a bad start. They're at Minnesota versus Philadelphia at Indy off to a bad start potentially, but I think they're going to do well in the division and compete very heavily. They're going to be over. Yeah. Okay. Um, the number crunching is in right now. Uh, I am going to have them at the over as well. I think their offense is too dynamic. Um, I don't know if their defense is going to be able to stop everybody, but they are going to be a high-powered offense, and they're going to be putting points up on the board this year. They got two of their big defenders back that had knee injuries early last year, so that should be a big help for them. Absolutely. Okay. All right, so let's talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, so, obviously, we got starting quarterback Jameis Winston, and a couple things I want to say about Jameis is that he had to win his starting job back from Ryan Fitzmagic. Fitzmagic, baby. But I don't blame the coaching staff because Fitzmagic was at the top of his game the first three games of his career. Um, Jameis has been fairly inconsistent, but he has been known as a guy who has so much potential when he came in the league. In 2018, he started nine nine games, and he played 11. He had 3,000 yards with 19 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. 2016, he had 4,100 yards, with 28 touchdowns and 18 interceptions. The dude throws a lot of interceptions. But is this the year, is this Jameis Winston's final shot for the Tampa Bay Bucks? Is he done after this year if he does not perform? David, what do you think? Yeah, I, I do think Tampa Bay went ahead and got rid of Fitzmagic so they could give Winston a fair shot. This is his final chance. He throws... He throws too many interceptions, but honestly, I think he's got a good, a decent, a decent cast around him this year, depending on what the run game does. And we're going to get to that, to that hot mess in a minute, but he's got the weapons with Chris Godwin and um, Mike Evans. I just, I, I, I don't know what to think about Jameis. I, I don't know what to think about Winston because everyone's, everyone's around him saying this is going to be his year, but He's never stepped up since he's been in the NFL. Paul, but your thoughts? Jameis Winston will not make it through the full season. He's 21 and 33 on his career. How is he still a starter in the NFL? I mean, he still plays like he's a 19-year-old, just slinging the ball around, hoping someone catches the ball. This is not college football anymore. He has got to be more direct in who he's passing to. I don't even think he knows the plays half the time. So I think he's out by the end of the year. I'm just going to pick a name on their roster in their quarterback slot, Nick Fitzgerald. He's going to step in and play the last couple games because they're going to be out of the playoff contention very early and know that it's time to move on. I'm going to tell you right now that Winston would be a great 500 player um, because I agree with you, Paul. He throws the ball up and he is hoping that Mike Evans is going to go up and get it. And good news for him is Mike Evans has been able to find the ball most of the time, but I mean, 
these defensive backs are nothing to mess with. Uh, they they intercept everything because the receivers don't even know who it's going to. That's the big issue with them. You you, you know what? Maybe Bruce Arians coming on board is really going to help him mature. That's my only hope. I like Bruce Arians. I think he's got the ability. We'll see if he steals any more crab legs. You you know what? I was just about to mention the crab legs. He has not stolen the crab leg in a while, but he's going to eat the W's this year. Let's talk about Bruce Arians for a second. This guy's a genius. He he saw what was going to happen in Arizona, and he got out of there, and now he's back in the league. I'm excited to see what he can do in Tampa Bay. Is this the first time that I? This first time I know of that a, a team has traded picks. They traded picks to the Arizona Cardinals to get Bruce Arians. What a steal for the Cardinals, huh? Yeah, that was brilliant of the Cardinals. Brilliant. Really good job with them. Okay, so David, you mentioned the backfield, and I'm going to turn it over to you. Because these players are garbage. So bad. Ronald Jones, Peyton Barber, don't want any of them. I'm not even going to talk about them one bit. So this is my last thing I'll say. Do not draft any of these players. David, take it over. Okay, so first off, let's talk about Peyton Barber. Peyton Barber was top 10 last year in carries. That's, that, that's it. He was top 10 in carries. Uh, nothing else he cashed in on. Here is a headline that concerns me. Uh, the Buccaneers came out and said, they were trying very hard this offseason to build Ronald Jones's confidence. You hate to see that out of an NFL player. Um, Ronald Jones has some very strong abilities, but I don't think he's going to be able to do much in the NFL. And that kills me to say because he's on my team. I need Ronald Jones to do well. And honestly, Peyton Barber, he should be able to hop Peyton Barber. Peyton Barber has not done too much since with his stint in Tampa Bay, Ronald Jones needs to be able to hop him. But just like Nick said, I don't touch, don't touch it. I, I won't own any of these running backs. There's no reason to, I mean, they're, they're number 28th in the league in game script, which means they're always down. They're always chasing. It's always Jameis launching the ball down the field. Hold on. You know what? Let, let me throw one point out. Bruce Arians, is the reason that David Johnson had his explosive year because he does dynamic things with running backs. Stop. Yeah. These guys cannot do it. Stop. Okay. I don't want to hear it. I... He's at least going to give them a chance because he likes throwing the ball. I like, I don't think they're going to be able to do anything, but if they are, it's going to be under Bruce Arians. You want to hear my prediction of the year? Bruce Arians brings in Andre Ellington. You like that? Yeah. Okay, good. So I thought Tampa Bay's running back is in, is in the 2020 draft. We all know it. Don't touch these guys. Paul, David, you can slap me right in the face if Ronald Jones breaks 1,000 yards this year. I'm marking that down. I'm writing it down. I don't believe it that it's going to happen, but I'll take that slap any day of the week. Okay. All right. Let's, let's move on to Mike Evans. He got a 6'5", 231 frame. His last three years of fantasy, last year, 6, 2017, he was 20th, and then 2016, he was fantasy football's number one ranked wide receiver. Last year, he had 1,500 yards. Um, he, each season, he has had over 1,000 yards receiving. This guy's good. You know what you're going to get out of him. He's a top, in my eyes, he's a top five receiver in the league. Um, Paul, I'm going to go to you, and what are your thoughts about Mike Evans? Where is he going to finish this year as far as wide receivers go? You know what? I, I want to click back real quick and see where I actually have him because I'm a big fan of Mike Evans. I've got him at 10, and it, that's really based on Jameis Winston. Um, he's a big body. I think you just need to throw him the ball in the red zone. Keep throwing it up to him. He's going to go get it. If you make a mistake, it happens. But keep throwing Mike Evans the ball, and I'm sure Jameis Winston will with that big frame. Yeah, my – Mike Evans is going to get it done. I got him finishing at number four. The only mild concern I have about him is that Chris Godwin is looking. They're claiming he's going to get a lot of targets, but I don't think that's really going to cut into Mike Evans' share. I think they're just going to assume they're not going to run the ball because they're going to be down a little bit. So Chris Godwin getting those targets could potentially help Evans similar to the Julio situation. It could be giving him more opportunities to have that single coverage. Mike Evans is a guy to get. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. So you talked about Chris Godwin real fast. He has so much hype this year as a number one or two as a number two receiver. Adam Humphreys is gone. He's got a lot of potential. He had 842 yards last year and seven touchdowns on 59 receptions. This is his year. This is year number three for him. This is his time to shine. He's looked good in training camp. All reports are looking upward for him. But we said it before. It all depends. This all depends on Jameis Winston. Paul, I'm going to turn it over to you. Real quick, what do you think about Chris Godwin? Um, I'm actually a fan this year. I mean, they were number three in the league in pass plays. Chris Godwin only played 67% of the snap share, 25% of his slot. He's going to be a good underneath outlet for Jameis. I think all these receivers, there's going to be a lot to go around when they're chasing points at the end of the game. Yep. So let's quickly talk about uh, tight end OJ Howard. Um, I think he's just okay. He played 10 games last year, 35, 34 receptions for 565 yards and five touchdowns. He's a big name, but doesn't really produce. Do you two have anything to add about him? He's got the ability to make big plays, but I don't know why they don't throw him the ball in the red zone or the end zone. He's 6'6 with a big frame. I know you got Mike Evans on the other side, but he only had two targets in the end zone last year, and that's not going to cut it for me. Nope, I'd rather take a tight end who gets the red zone targets. I take Cooper over him any day because of the red zone targets. Now, to be clear, Winston might be throwing to him. We just can't tell. Right. Okay, so now the moment of truth, six and a half wins for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'll start off without a running game, with Jameis Winston being so inconsistent, I'm going to put him at six wins. So that's under for you folks listening. David? Under, nothing to say. I hate agreeing with you guys, but I just can't get around it. It's under. They're going to be the worst team in the league with the Washington Redskins. Yeah, to, be, right. to be fair, though, they could be putting up a lot of points because when you're down, they could be putting up a lot of fantasy points because when they're down by 28 going into the third quarter, they're going to be playing catch-up in that second half. Absolutely. Okay, so let's move on to the New Orleans Saints. Who that? Who that baby? Who that? All right. So obviously you got to talk about Drew Brees real fast. We'll make the Saints quick because we know what they are. We know what they can do. Last year he finished as QB eight. Um, I love Drew Brees. He's had a great career. He's forty years old now. I gotta imagine this is one of his last years. Is it? If he goes out on top Super Bowl champ, I think he's retiring. Personally, I'm not looking to own Drew Brees. His stats have been decreasing every single. I mean, not every single year. The past three years. He still throws a lot of touchdowns, but the yardage is not where it used to be in prime Drew Brees' career. I'm going to turn it over to you, David, real quick. Uh, he is who we thought he was. He, he's going to be a safe play in your fantasy league. He, uh, projections have him declining this year. I don't mind Drew Brees, but I'm picking him up way late. I, I, really, I really love watching him, but fantasy-wise, he doesn't get me overly excited this year. Yeah, I don't agree with you guys. I've got him as number four. It, last year was his lowest yardage total since 2005, but I think that's really because they've developed a run game with Alvin Kamara. I mean, I think they've got a good opportunity. They're allowing Breeze to do other things and really allow the offense to move down the field and score. I mean, he, he hasn't been outside the top ten in fantasy football since 2003. I mean, how can you argue with that? He is a consistent guy. It's going to get it done. He makes a lot of plays in the red zone to help this team score and to help this team win. One thing I want to add, Paul, I don't know if you know this, but Drew Brees was a QB1 last year. He was, but did not finish one week as a QB1. He was always QB2 or lower week by week last year. So he ended up in the top 10, but was not a QB1 one time per week. So he, that doesn't bug me. That doesn't bug me at all. I mean, last year, his true completion rate was number one in the league, while his target separation for his wide receivers were ranked 25th. It doesn't matter if they're open or not. Drew Brees puts the ball on the money. If Alvin Kamara gets a few more rushing touchdowns and Drew Brees doesn't finish number one, I'm okay with that because they're winning in its gameplay. 
Absolutely. I think, I mean, Drew Brees has had a great career, nothing knocking him. But looks like we have two different, three different opinions here. All right, so let's move on to Kamara. But not much to say about Kamara. Everyone knows what he's going to do. Consensus top four pick this year. Um, he's going to run. He's going to catch with the best of them. 880 yards on the ground with 14 rushing touchdowns. 81 receptions for 709 uh, yards and four touchdowns. I mean, he gets the ball everywhere on the field. It doesn't matter if you're on the one-yard line, going the other way at 99 yards ago, or on the goal line at the one-yard line. So he's a must-own top four. David, I'm going to start with you. What position, if you have a top, if you have any pick in the top four, what position are you taking Kamara at? I'm taking the guy probably behind Saquon Barkley, and honestly, he might be my number two. He's number two or three for me. He's going to... He's going to catch the ball. He's going to get it done. I, I love Alvin Kamara. How, how could you not love Alvin Kamara? I mean, he actually only played 66% of the snap share, which was 12 out of running backs. But he had 72 red zone touches. How could you not want that in a running back? He's a great weapon to have. I expect his usage to continue at a high rate. And I expect the Saints to be leading. And he fits right into their gameplay of running down and and giving them the win. Hey, Paul, just a quick curiosity. You said Christian McCaffrey had like 93% and Alvin Kamara had 66%? Yeah, that's right. Oh, my God. That, holy crap. That's the difference. Oh, that, it actually blows my mind. I did not realize that. Wow. Ugh. Okay, so, so let's move. I just want to quickly talk about Latavius Murray. I'll take this one real fast. He's a solid backup. He filled in very nicely for Dalvin Cook last year. Um, he could be a fantasy value. Uh, I like him. I like him. Uh, I would take a late, late round streamer on him, and um, hopefully he, he he's going to fit in nice with the system. David or Paul, anything to add about Latavius Murray? No, I've got nothing for Latavius oh. Murray. I think he's going to be average at best. He's going to fit in every now and then when they've got the lead and they don't want to utilize Kamara at the goal line. All right, so let's get into receivers real quick. And we all know Michael Thomas, the $100 million man, baby. Pay that man. Pay him. He definitely deserves it in my eyes. Last year, he had 125 receptions for 1,400 yards and nine touchdowns. Each year, he's been in the league over 1,100 yards. Uh, he, he's right now my fifth-rated wide receiver. And I think that's about where he belongs. I mean... He has the potential to be the number one receiver this year. Also, has potential to maybe be the number 10. Uh, but I see him right at five. Paul, can you let me know what you think about Michael Thomas? You know, I actually think he's the number one receiver in the league. I have him ranked at three, but that's only because the Saints have more variability in what they can do on the offensive side of the ball with Kamara. He's the number one. I mean, his catchable target rate was 95% of the time. And then also his normal target rate was 85% of the time. Both ranked number one. Also, he was number one in a contested rate catch. He catches the ball. doesn't matter where. Someone's on him. Someone's off him. It's low, high. This guy does it all. Michael Thomas is a PPR machine. You need him on your team. This is going to be his best year yet. But just to echo what Paul said, unfortunately, Alvin Kamara can do too much in the red zone. And that takes away from... Michael Thomas a little bit, but he's got that opportunity to be the num wide receiver number one this year. Love the guy. I think you go after him if he's available. Chris, I hope you trade him to me eventually, hopefully. All right, so let's just move on. Okay, well, you know, I should probably mention their backup wide receivers. Nothing really to say. Ted Ginn Jr., uh, Traquan Smith, any other guys I'm missing that you want to talk about or just? No, I mean, there's Austin Carswell. Each of these guys are boom or bust. They're going to hit a few weeks. People are going to chase them on the waiver wire, and then it's going to be another guy the next week. So you, you never know what you're going to get with those guys. It's boom or bust. Yeah, I mean, they have Kamara and Thomas. Those are the consistent players. So, All right, so let's talk about their new addition this year, Jared Cook, the tight end. Jared Cook kind of bounced around the league, and for some reason last year, like everyone was about Cook. Every single person was like, Jared Cook, Jared Cook's a beast. He was a... I think he's the top seven tight end. Oh, top! Oh, he's tight end number five last year. But did you know that the tight end five, that was the lowest tight end five total it's been in the last 10 years? Crazy. 
So he had 68 receptions for 900 yards. Is that right? 900 yards? Wow. Uh, in, six, in six touchdowns in Oakland. Career high in touchdowns and yards. But he's never had a QB like Drew Brees. So, David, what do you think about Jared Cook this year? Is he going to have a similar year to last year, or is he just going to be his normal Jared Cook self? Okay, so here's the deal. Jared Cook ranked number five in drops last year, and you hate to see that. But, Nick, what you just said, that's not Drew Brees giving him the ball. I know Paul says Derek Carr puts it on the money, but I'm still going to be putting my money down on Drew Brees throwing it even better to Jared Cook. I got him having over 70 receptions this year. I think he'll be targeted. I think he'll have opportunities. I don't know if the guy can cash in on the opportunities, though. I'm always disappointed when I pick Jared Cook up on the fly, but he's definitely going to have the opportunities with the Saints. Paul, what are you thinking about this tight end? Yeah, I don't care about Jared Cook. I mean, New Orleans States haven't used their, haven't u- utilized a tight end since Jimmy Grand in 2014. They haven't done anything with them. You're talking the last three years, their leading tight end receiver was last year was Ben Watson with 35 receptions and four touchdowns. Before, two seasons before that, there was all this hype around Kobe Fleener coming there. Kobe Fleener, baby! 22 receptions in 2017 with two touchdowns and 50 receptions with three touchdowns? We rely on these tight ends for touchdowns. They're not catching 100 balls. They need to get in the end zone, and New Orleans does not utilize them when they get to the most important part of the field. I couldn't agree more. Jared Cook is just irrelevant to me this year. But, I mean, numbers don't lie. If he can put up eight touchdowns this year, it definitely could be a stash on your team. But we've said it over and over again in our episodes. Tight ends are just not – besides the top three, top four tight ends, it's just a crapshoot. So, um, anything else to add about the Saints before we talk about the over-under between you two? Uh, no? Yeah, yeah. Uh... Will Lutz, once again, is going to be a 94% accurate kicker again. Okay, kickers. Love kickers. That's all. Um, okay, so. I almost what? tried to be a kicker once. It's tough out there. I remember. You hit a 30-yarder. I hit a 40. Quit selling me short. Okay, yeah. You're right. You're right. I was there. I saw the video. Okay, so Saints, 10 wins this year. Last year, they had 13. I, mm, that's a tough number for me. Paul, I'm going to let you take this one first. Over. Drew Brees in the offense is so dynamic, and they've got all the weapons on the offensive side to make it happen. Uh, their defense, they pretty much kept everyone from last year, which they, they made a big improvement. I expect the same out of them. Over. So, David, what do you think? Oh, over. It, what Paul said, it's Drew Brees and the Saints. They're going to be a high-powered offense, and their defense is going to be stopping people. Love the Saints. 10, 10 wins is going to be a breeze, so they're going to be they're going to be. I, I see what you did there. I I, I did. It's going to be a breeze. Nice. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I want to. Mm, gosh. Ten. I, I just think they're getting ten wins. I. Mm, I lean more towards the over, like you guys. I don't. Oh, hold man. on. Yeah, I'm just saying over. Bucks. Yeah. Panthers. Yeah. They're going to sweep them. Yeah, I don't think they're going to sweep the Panthers, Paul, but I'll, I'll stay Paul, over. when was the last time the Saints didn't have 10 wins? Do you, do you happen to have any of those numbers? Um, no, but I can pull that real quick. I mean, they actually had a few bad years. Yeah, they had a bad year. But, yeah. but in the meantime, Paul, while you look that up, we're going to go to the long shots. And you oh, please interrupt me oh, when you find that stat. We have some fan mail. Oh, this yeah, fan mail. Fan mail oh, great. comes all the way from Minnesota. Ooh, I wonder who yeah. it is. This, this is um, this is a uh, Saquon me. Um, Saquon me wants to know how much. I'm sorry. Let me reread this. What round do you take a kicker, and who do you think is your top kicker in fantasy this year? I really don't want to answer this question, but I will for the fans. This is for you, the fan from Minnesota. Um, I am personally taking Justin Tucker in one of the last three rounds. Uh, You should have an established bench by then. You should have established starters. And personally, Justin Tucker is one of the best kickers in the NFL and one of the best kickers in history. I'm going Justin Tucker. 
in the second to last round or third to last round? You know what? I'm going to go with Greg the Leg. <laughs> I mean. Greg Legatron? Yeah, Legatron. Greg the Leg Zerline. Got to love him. The Rams are con- going to continue to score points, whether it's a field goal or extra points he just knocks in. I'm taking him. I've got no comment on the round. I don't play any leagues with any kickers, but I, I, I respect him. Much respect to my kicker friends. Well, I mean, unfortunately, I always would go Sebastian Janikowski, but. Oh, bummer. He retired it's this a, year. It's a real bummer. Um, I actually really like Will Lutz, who I mentioned earlier, and that's going to be because of the uh, extra points, and the, Sa- the Saints are going to get the ball somewhere near the 20, and he's not going to be kicking too far overall. So I'm going Will Lutz in the very, very, very final round, and if I don't get a kicker in the draft, I'll drop someone later and grab one. They're going to all right, so a real quick question for both of you. Do we want to make some kind of bet about our kickers we just picked and see who will finish the highest between the three? Yes? No? Maybe? Yeah, I think the loser drives to Denver and back. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I take that. No, we can't. No. All right, we'll think about it. We'll talk about it next episode. But right now, let's move on to the long shot of the NFC South. And I'm going to turn it over to the less, the least attractive person here, and that's you, David. It's going to be me, huh? <laughs> All right, well, here we go. My long shot is going to be out in Atlanta. I got Austin Hooper. He's going to catch more balls than Calvin Ridley or Mohamed Sanu. He's going to be their number two reception on the year, obviously behind Julio Jones. Okay. That's, that's a long shot. I like it. Okay, so I'll tell you mine. Mine is going to be from the New Orleans Saints, from the backup Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray will have 400 yards rushing and 10 touchdowns this year. 10 touchdowns. He's right now slated as a goal line back. So once they get on the two-yard line, you know who's coming in? Big boy Latavius Murray. That's my long shot. Paul, bring us home. Yeah, based on those, I feel like my pick is an extra long shot. Um, Rashad Perryman, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, looking at their third slot. He's going to replace Deshaun Jackson. This will be his fourth year in the league. He was drafted in 2015 in the first round from UCF been one of my guys I've been dying to see stay on the field for a long time and this is going to be his year. Jameis and the Tampa Bay Bucks are going to be chasing points and he's going to be throwing it downfield to Rashad Perryman and he's going to have a thousand plus yard receiving. Can you clarify will he be throwing it to Perryman? Uh, no it'll probably be an okay. overthrow to Mike Evans but he'll catch it and run for the end zone. Okay so I guess that is it for the episode, and thank you to our sponsor. E. We don't have e. a sponsor Taylor, yet. I would like to thank you for bonding, for getting our bourbon bonded. We really appreciate that. Thank you, Colonel E.H. Taylor. If you want to sponsor us, we have plenty of room open to say, hey, sponsor us. Okay, that'll do it, and as always, Roll Tide. David Johnson for president. All right, see you next time.